Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I'm Michelle the Gumby Cat, because that's a thing, that's an established thing, and we all know what that means. <laughs> I'm Henry the Jellical Podcaster, <laughs> and, uh, yep, we, you made me watch Cats. Cats. It's the how, okay. So this is a Judy Dench episode. Yes. Uh, in honor of Dame Judy Dench, uh, star of stage and screen, mm-hmm. an, an icon for Time. goddamn sixty years. Timeless icon. What a treasure. One, one Oscar or multiple. She won for uh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare and love. love, and she was nominated like three other times, but right. got one right. Oscar went under her belt. Yeah. It's worth uh, mentioning that this movie stars not one. Not two, but three Oscar-winning actors. Oh, yeah. Wait, Ian, Mc- Ian McKellen won an Oscar? Oh, did, did he, he not win? win an Oscar? I thought he won for... No, maybe he didn't win an Oscar. Well, generally... I, you think that he should have. I guess because he feels he's like a, a person that's won an Oscar. Maybe because he's a sir, I just assumed. <laughs> it's not it's not the qualification. It just kind of like I was you like, need I had Dame award Judy to Dench won an now. Oscar, and she's in this movie. Sir Ian McKellen obviously won an Oscar, and he is also in this movie. Jennifer He's Hudson has been the nominated other a bunch of and, times, uh, right? She won for Dream Girl. She did. Uh, and but yeah, we'll we'll do a Jennifer Hudson episode down the line. I'm sure she's in other bad movies. She's in Sex and the uh, City too. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. Well, that's, you have to do that at some point. I actually had to ask Jesse's advice and find out if it was too abusive to make us do that this week. And uh, then I remember <laughs> Cats existed, and it's a way kinder choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you know, Jay, Dame Judy is a, a marvelous actress uh, with, uh, I mean, a bunch of great, weird, creepy roles under her belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yeah, she's... I could watch her read the phone book, uh, and I, I, I guess I could watch her talk, sing about cat death. You could, and we did, and I have a little little nugget for you. Um, I've watched this movie three times. Oh, God. Why? Do, <laughs> why? So How? Here's the thing. I do this recreationally outside of the podcast. I subject <laughs> myself to just terrible bullshit because it makes me extremely happy. And I watched this movie once uh, when it first came out. I downloaded a copy of this uh, with like Korean subs because it was still in theaters. And I was like, <laughs> but not here, not here. Somewhere it was still in theaters. Uh, and then I couldn't wait to introduce more people to it. So this is my third time watching this movie. And I got to tell you, still a fan. And yeah. Does it, does it get, does it age like a fine wine? Does it get richer every watch or do you basically get it the first time through? There is no topping the first watch because the horror and the surprise and then the bewilderment are like all like fresh. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Yeah. But now I know all of the things that are going to happen, and it doesn't stop me from enjoying watching someone else watch it, <laughs> which I didn't exactly so, get to do this time. But I well, will, by proxy, by we'll, proxy, we'll talk about we'll talk about my watch. Uh, we should start by saying that this movie is not available for rent online. You can no. only you can only purchase. This movie, you the only way that you can legally watch this movie is by deciding that you want to own it forever. Yeah, 
Which is unacceptable and also feels emblematic of what they thought they were making. Yes. Like they're making it like a criterion collection, oh like God. timeless art. Like uh, it's arguably like the only movie I can find out right now, except for like, I don't know, like Mulan or something that's currently like a technical theatrical release that is charging $20, will not let you rent it. You must make the commitment. It's, it's truly cruel. And ironically, and, I honestly probably already should have done this. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> correct. Uh, it's, this movie is cruel in a number of ways. Uh, it's cruel to its audience. Yeah. And frankly, it's very cruel to the actors in it. It is far crueler to the actors in it than anyone else associated with this movie. I kept watching in horror as like, especially Jane, Dame Judi Dench. Judy Dench made me the saddest because, I mean, it's fucking Judy Dench. Also, she's 85. Like, she's 85? Yeah, dude, she's old. What is with British actresses and seeming 20 to 30 years younger than they are? I think that she's you just. She's 85? I think she just, like, hit that mark where she started looking like she was in her 60s and then just, just maintained. Right. She's probably looked like she's been in her 60s for, like, 40 years. Mm-hmm. But, like,. You know, that that deal with the devil pays off in the long run. Um, But, I mean, she's getting on in years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let us hope that she has many more years of wonderful acting in her. But what a cruel thing to do to someone in the golden years of their career. Like, come on, Tom Hooper. (laughs) Yeah, Tom Hooper is a motherfucker, and I hate him. Uh, <laughs> oh man! I, I don't. I know nothing about him beyond that he made one movie I liked, and then a bunch of movies that got increasingly cringy. Uh, but I mean, I feel like Judy Dench come gets off relatively easy in this compared to Ian McKellen, who they basically make eat his own shit over and over again on screen. <laughs> yeah, like, it the is, first time you see him, he's in like, he's backstage lapping like water out of like oh. a loose pan and just, and then, and, and just is in shambles. Not a word that he says can be understood. That's not the first time you see him. That's the, that, that's the time where it really pushed me over the edge to be like, you need, this is a crime against Sir Ian McKellen. The first time he wanders into the, like, the ballroom and goes, meow, meow, meow. They made him say meow, meow, meow. They made a few Sir people say meow, Ian meow, Ian McKellen. God damn. Yeah, so um, the thing is, I have some backstory. All Please. of the actors had to go to cat school mm-hmm. to learn. Mm-hmm. I knew, do you I know about, about this? this? <laughs> Please, though. You, you know more about this than I do. Please they all had to learn how to move like a cat. Like a lot of like, a lot of, a lot of shoulders, a lot of hips, a lot of wiggling around and writhing around. Like an, an hour of cat practice at a time, right? Where they're just rolling around on the floor yeah. like cats. Oh, yeah. But Sir Ian McKellen, bless his heart, was the only one to not participate in this terrible charade so that's probably why they made him meow and you can really tell in his performance too because he just like he walks out on stage he monologues some like nonsense that's like got music in the background it's kind of not a song and that's and then he just like clocks out for the day okay i i have a question for you yeah do you understand anything that's going on in this movie (sighs) because the lyrics do not tell a story no the the action sort of tells a story, but I, at no point could I understand what was happening 
from beginning to end, except that they are anthropomorphic cats. <laughs> yeah, I want your hot take on what this movie is about. Because, I mean, obviously uh, I've got a little more to work with, but... As far as I can tell, this movie is about archetypal cats that do not exist in the real world desperately wanting to die. <laughs> right? It's a competition to see which cat gets to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely that. I think I think so. That was my read on that as well. Um what 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 do you think a jellical cat is? Uh, so I I have uh I write down the que- I've written down the question what is a jellical cat four or five times in my notes. Um uh, it uh, mm, the only thing that makes sense to me is like a magical cat. But you know, yeah. you could you could say magical cat. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a word that we've got. It's an exigent English word. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know why you would... I mean, T.S. Eliot's probably to blame for this, right? He is. So the weirdest thing, I don't know a lot about the stage, like, the work of uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's work of art, perhaps, in some people's opinion, that ended up on the Broadway stage. For, like, 30 years. Forever. Like a beloved... Look, the longest run and like this like beloved play, I guess, musical, you could kind of a play. Uh, it's all based on the work of T.S. Eliot. And so my, our friend Angie happened to have a book of the, it's, what is the name of this book? It's called um, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats and <laughs> written by T.S. Eliot in 1939. So the Thanks, lyrics Tom. to these songs are word for word, the poetry from this book, without any exception that I could find. I was paging through it like, oh, come on. Oh, my God. It's the exact, there was no difference, discernible difference, and that explains a lot. Because when you read it as, like, a little whimsical book of, like, 1930s poetry about cats, it's kind of charming, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's also poetry about cats, so it doesn't have to make a lot of sense. As a song, as a musical... As a plot-driven story? Yeah, and yeah, they made, they tried to sort of make a narrative out of it, which is, like, truly, there's so much about this that's unacceptable. Yes. And, like, uh, (laughs) shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have been allowed. There are moments, there are moments watching this movie where I kind of get how it could be magical on stage. Oh, my God, me too. Where, like, there are sequences, we can talk about highlights and lowlights, but there's, like, there are, I mean, it's probably a sum total of seven minutes of the movie where I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I could see how this would be really fun to watch in, like, the suspend your disbelief magic of the theater yeah. where people are dressed up as cats, but, like, not in a way that is the stuff of nightmares and, like, yeah. furry sex dreams. Yeah, it's uh, established. These are actors in cat suits. It's yeah. a romp. Yeah. I, one of the things that I have to say that like really would sell this as a musical is the fact that uh, as a musical on stage is the fact that all the actors are extremely skilled dancers. Yes. And so like just that alone, like whether you love or hate the music, a lot of it is hot garbage, but it's still like very impressive to watch these technically skilled, like expert dancers do this like crazy complex choreography on stage. That is impressive. This movie 
has like so much moving camera, so many special effects, so much smoothing over of everyone's movements. It looks like their legs, like their feet are always hovering on the ground and uh-huh. never touching uh-huh. the ground. But I kept looking at it and being like, okay, I know that the lead actress in this movie is in like the Royal Ballet and she's like a famous dancer. Francesca Hayward is supposed to, I like looked her up and she's got strong uh, dancing chops. She, I can kind of tell that she's a good dancer in this movie because she can like bend her legs and keep them elevated Mm -hmm. and do these things. But it also looks like they magicked her onto all these different surfaces and then she's flying through the air like she's on wires. It's such a waste of like skilled dancers that I, I, and there's not there's not a human being alive who has ever said I want to see multiple extended ballet sequences in a movie. <laughs> like there's like four or five mo- like say three minute long solo ballet dances by this actress, uh, which is like seven or eight more than there should be. There's absolutely no reason to in a major blockbuster motion picture have multiple sequences that are simply a lone ballet dancer dressed up as a cat or not dancing in the middle of the stage. Like, it, it is irresponsible filmmaking. It felt like, okay, it felt like Tom Hooper was a fan, like a child sure. fan. And yes. I was reading an interview right before the podcast that confirms the fact that he, like, worshipped this movie, as this play as a kid. So he took, like, the idea of Cats. It sounds like someone who heard Cats described to them by a different person. Like, they didn't see it, but they heard about how cool it was, and then now they're trying to tell you how cool it probably was. It uh, is 100% not a movie. Yeah, it's it's not a movie. Uh, I, it feels like... A requirement of talking about cats is talking about the absolute grotesque body horror that they that are the cats. <laughs> is there anything the else to really discuss? Cats. I mean, I could. There, there are some. There are some things I want to talk about, There's but a... nothing quite so much as the fur, human hands, human lips, yep. human teeth, human noses. Sometimes human noses. It took me a while to hate the noses in the way that I hated the lips immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, here's a question. Yeah. What, what was your, like, phased experience of hating their bodies? Okay. Because uh, to me, it did come in waves. So, having seen the trailer, I, I, was, <laughs> I was already like, oh, oh boy, that, that is a lot of CGI in, used in all the wrong places, though. <laughs> they applied it to a lot of the body, but not the parts of the body that are intrinsically the most human. The hands, mm-hmm. the feet, <laughs> and the entire face. <laughs> you could arguably have gone human body, cat head, and it would have been about as Also grotesque body horror. <laughs> there's, there's no good version of no, this. No, but it would have been on par. Like, you could have just gone straight cat face, human hands and body, and it would have been, I would say, comparable to the experience that we both just had. Um yeah, lips bad. I really just couldn't get around why they didn't give them cat mouths. It's yeah. the easiest thing. Like, it's it's the go-to lazy costume on Halloween. You paint on a little nose, you figure something out that makes your cat face, your face look like a cat face. 
It's like a costume a three-year-old could pull off. No effort was made. And in, in fact, it was defiantly not made. The, like, yeah, so they have their human teeth. And I think it's kind of cruel. Some of them have very bad teeth, and they maintain their bad teeth, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's the ballet dancer with really good teeth, and there's poor, sweet, Oscar-winning actress, Dame Judi Dench, whose teeth yeah. extremely British, yeah. and it's all there. Uh, so, yeah, my experience was basically, like, I hate the lips from the jump. Uh, m- <laughs> moment one, hate the lips. Uh, teeth, that comes a little ways after. Where I, I'm, I'm looking at the lips, I'm looking at the lips. Oh, God, they just have human, like, big, pearly, human white teeth. <laughs> and then going on, going on, going on, Judy Dench comes in with her... The hands are there the whole time, but hands. not until her human hands with her wedding ring are sticking out of her giant fur coat. Yeah. Um, it felt like this is this is genuinely a lack of effort. Like, you didn't even blend it. Like, she's just got hands coming out of a fur coat, and then going on, going on, going on. And then we hit the railroad cat. And something yeah. about his big aqualine bird-like nose on a cat face oh. made me hate him and his face and then retrospectively every other nose. Like there's something about his nose in particular that really took me out of it. Interesting. Uh, which is, it's a fine nose for a human being, but on a cat, it seemed the most inappropriate. I hated his whole face, which doesn't seem fair because he had a cool mustache and I usually love a cool mustache, yeah. but his whole face jam, I couldn't handle it. I hated it so much. Which would you say was the most palatable cat face? Because most palatable for my cat money, face. I would say Oh, okay. Going back to, to bad cat faces, they have given Sir Ian McKellen the most unforgiving <laughs> fucking makeup. He is he is powder white with with black eyeliner. He looks like a motherfucking geisha. And then he's just wearing a shabby coat and like it looks like a like a Dollar Tree costume with a little extra makeup. This poor man. Um Yeah, no, Jennifer Hudson. I think has slightly feline features. And so her face was a little less jarring, something in the eyes or something. She didn't like creep me out nearly as much as her, the rest of them. Her face worked for me. Uh, Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser worked for me. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, those I, I don't like their, their, their segment was one of the moments that is unacceptably horny. Uh, but oh, yeah, it was horny. That's true. There's a lot of stuff happening on and around the bed. Yeah, it wasn't explicitly, but there's like, they do a lot of the like cat nuzzling that sort of sometimes, it's never good. It's always horrible. But there are times where it's like horrible in a more mundane way. And then there's times where it feels kind of pornographic. And (laughs) Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser were were among them. Yeah, this is a Um, very sexually charged movie. This is. This is. And not just in furry land. Like, it feels like there there are cats wanting to fuck from the jump. Yep. Uh, Yeah, so, and I thought, I'm not going to say that Jason Derulo worked, because he didn't. But I I didn't hate how he looked the way that I hated some. I liked his bling. They gave him a fishbone bling hanging around his Mm -hmm. neck. Do you know whose bling I didn't like? Uh... Well, everything about Rebel Wilson in this movie yeah. is a war crime. It is. But Rebel Wilson's collar 
defies physics. Like it's floating up the entire time <laughs> really? like a buoy on the ocean. Yeah. Like at, at no point does it adhere to gravity. It's just like fucking Dilbert's tie up the whole time. That, let's just talk about the Rebel Wilson yeah, segment character. We got to get this out of our system because I will say up front, I like Rebel Wilson as a fun actress. Yeah, like, I think she's really funny. She did a good job. Um, I thought her and James Corden following the epic bomb of this movie went on stage at the Oscars and presented the visual effects category dressed in their cat's costumes for fun. And I was like, (laughs) okay, like, she's she's down and she gets it. Like, I'm... I'm on board with her as a human person, but her role in this movie, I can't decide if I'm mad at her or if I'm mad at Tom Hooper or just everything around it, but they gave her nothing to work with, and it's it's very upsetting. There, Yeah, I mean, there's... From the moment she's on screen, it's terrible. She's a Gumby cat. Uh, she, she's the Gumby cat. Uh and the first shot of her is her writhing on the ground and scratching her crotch. Yeah. And there's this movie seems to believe that by dressing somebody up as a cat, we just grow to accept them doing really unpleasant things with their whole groin area. And that that never comes to pass for me. It's always unpleasant. It's always skin crawling. And they they give her so many horrible things to say. She has like a lot her, of cat puns. A lot of cat puns. Do you think he just got neutered because those notes are high? Uh, don't mess with a cat lady. Like, they're not things that, that work. He's really she milking also, it. Cat got your tongue. That was one of my... It's terrible. Yeah, so we can go through this at any point, but um, I introduced a segment on this episode that we may bring into other episodes, perhaps not, but in light of the fact that it's cats... Uh, we need some drinking game rules because mm-hmm. although I have, no one should watch <laughs> this movie sober. <laughs> yep, I watched this movie cold sober. Same. Uh, and yeah, it's not a good idea. Yeah, I've seen it sober two times. I had a couple drinks the last time I watched it. Uh, Jesse watched it with me last night and we, we made some like rum drinks and we, we named them the Rum Tum Tuggers. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. But... Uh, one of my drinking game rules for this movie is going to have to be every time they do a cat pun. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yes. they're living in a cat world. It's like London, but if London was catered exclusively to the needs of cats, there's a milk bar. <laughs> there's like... Right, is that a thing? Are milk bars a thing? Or is it just a thing in this, like... It's just I a, had a question, like, are milk bars a thing? That can't be, right? That's I, horrifying. I, I, I hope they're not a thing. But, you I know, there's parts of this movie that sort of seem like they're supposed to be in a regular world but you're right uh it's also like the feral heights hotel or something so yeah they're and there's like probably the not a real thing like theater and like all the things are like that's a real theater themed. oh is it i mean there are like there are a bunch of egyptian theaters i don't know if there's one in london oh, okay. but like the egyptian is a fairly common theater name but milk bars i have never seen and i have been to a lot of bars in a lot of places yeah milk bar was yeah, there's a lot of, like, cat stuff. There's a lot of cat puns. If you look at all the billboards in the background, they're all, like, cat puns and themes. Um, mm-hmm. That is a definite rule. I would say, oh. I think shots of Judy Dench's wedding ring, drink. Yeah, apparently in other cuts of this movie, because I, I read in an interview with Tom Hooper, they were 
making visual uh, like uh the visual effects changes were being made up until the day of the premiere like the day of the premiere so that's fucking bananas he's like and he's working with the uk the u.s and australia and they're all coordinating on different time zones so he's talking about the fact that like you're receiving a file at 4 a.m that you have to render and then you're going to receive another file in a few hours from a different country and like up until the premiere no one associated with the movie except the editors had seen it he hadn't tested it with any test audiences because he was like, well, without finished visual effects, it would be pretty misleading. So this will be the first time anyone's seen it. Yowza. Uh, Yowza. Uh, Right, because the first cut, you see her, like, veiny human hand with the wedding ring on it. But subsequent edits, she's still wearing a wedding ring. Yeah. Like, they don't take it out. Apparently there were cuts... But I guess probably not the finished one that you and I saw, but I think if you had, there were some that maybe got released early, or if you went to the premiere, you probably saw a a cut where she's just got a straight up wristwatch that she didn't feel like taking <laughs> off, and it made its way into the movie, and it didn't get edited out in all of the cuts of it until like probably it was like released like mainstream internationally, theatrically, or like for DVD. But there are there is plenty of footage out there of this. Full, full costume Dame Judy Dench just rocking a gold wristwatch. Like, I don't feel like changing. You're lucky to have me. Yeah, Christ. Bless her heart. Uh, every time James Corden eats, you probably need to drink. Yeah. He's eating constantly. And I'll say, I didn't hate James Corden in this. He was one I, of my two favorite cats. He was my second Jellicle choice. His... Uh, I'm not going to say that his performance is... He's good. I'm not going to say I like the segment. It's largely despicable. <laughs> but he's very charming. Uh, he knows and, and I'll what take movie his charm. he's in. He does. I he think does. he has he's, a real grasp on what he's doing and what his role in this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your top? I think I know what it is. I know what mine is. but It's got to be Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat. For my money, oh, my favorite Skimble cat. Shanks the Railway Cat is your top. I, He's near my bottom. Oh, no. His song. His song, though. He tap dances. His song fucking slaps. Who needs an extended tap dance this sequence guy, in a modern movie? This guy does. He's, there are moments, there's like a minute or two where he's just standing there tapping his feet. It's a... Love This it. is, in this visually overwhelming movie that is one of the segments where they forgot they were in a visual medium because he's just drumming with his feet stationary for a minute and a half oh my god i loved it's, it so much henry so much that was wow. my, that was my wow. favorite i love a good tap <laughs> i like a good tap too but not on the silver screen <laughs> in there's there's a ways to film things. There's things you should put on screen and things that might have made sense in 1945. Ugh, but so good. You don't need he, this now. He, he practically barrels the camera and says, I'm a cat that cannot be ignored. And I was like, <laughs> I agree, sir. I agree. Interesting. Favorite so my, my tippity tip top is Taylor Swift in this movie. I did not expect to think that. No. I did not go in. Like, I went in assuming I would hate Taylor Swift's performance, and it is bar none the thing I liked the most in this movie. I liked it quite Her a bit. song is catchy. Yep. She's compelling. Uh, and this was the one moment where I was like, you know what? 
I can see how this would be enjoyable on screen and on stage. Like this was, it's a delightful song. Mm-hmm. It's got pep. It's got vim. It's got vigor, and she's selling it. And uh, part of it's because she's the only person that's trained to be in music videos. Yeah. So like her thing works in a way that none of the other segments do. Um, I don't know. I feel like Taylor Swift. I don't know who her character is. I don't know anything she about appears her. out of the clear blue sky to advocate for McCavity. Oh yeah, we didn't really talk about. It's going to take one sentence to describe what this movie is about. So all of the cats are apparently Jellicle cats. Not still unclear about what that means. But they're all competing uh, for Judy Dench's character, Old Deuteronomy, is like this wizened old cat that at the end of the day is going to pick one cat to like ascend to some kind to of die. afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> to die. To basically die and have a better second life or whatever happens to a cat when it dies. So they're all competing and they all have to kind of put on their own little show. It's like a variety show for old Deuteronomy to like explain why they should move on. And then Idris Elba's character is like, hard pass. I'm going to let Taylor Swift do it for me. Yeah. So I was curious if, uh, maybe you can answer this. If that whole McCavity kidnapping cats is part of the play, because it's not, it's not referenced in any of the songs. It's not, uh, and there are many pieces of the songs where like responding to the kidnappings that feel like they have taken a song and like turned it in a way that it didn't mean to go. Uh, I don't, I mean, it's possible that it's part of it, but it really felt like it was shoehorned onto the movie to try to create stakes where they're like, they didn't need them (laughs) in the play. Absolutely no plot. Because like you can, people will go and watch the blue man group on stage. Right. And there's no fucking story. to The blue man group It's just a series of interesting things. Yeah. People go watch stomp. There's no story to stomp. Cats could be like that, but it feels like they like tried to create tension and stakes and conflict. Yeah. In a movie where where there is none. He magics Judy Dench's character onto a river barge where he's magic. Some of the other cats and they're on the river Thames and they're stuck there. In mortal peril, I assume. I don't really know. He seems like he's he's an Idris evil sorcerer cat. There are two magical cats in this movie. One there, there are is very good at magic, and the other one is not very good at magic. But he still does do magic. <laughs> he does. He also uh, so I ha- this is Mister Mister Mes- uh, Mephistopheles is the one that's not so good at magic, and I have many issues with this. Uh, but the first is the lyric, I'm black from my head to my tail. Yeah. Which he sings. Yeah. There are some problems with this. He's not black from his head to his tail. No. His face is white. He's a t- his neck is white. That, because it's a white actor, that wasn't necessary. There are black actors out there. In fact, in this movie. In fact, there are famous black actors in this movie. Yeah. You could have very well had a cat that is black from their head to their tail why not do that? I when think he was supposed to look like he's lyrics. wearing a tuxedo. Because he's a magician. So he's but, like white and black. But, they but the fucking lyric I know. is, I'm black I know. from my head to my tail. <laughs> I know, it's nonsense. They also say that fucking McCavity is red. And he's... Yeah, what the hell? The, why not just... There's... 
There are so few things in the <laughs> lyrics that are germane to what's happening on stage. Yeah. And you have to just ignore those. The way... Because you had to put a particular actor in this. The Some th- of whom we've never heard of. I don't know who plays Mep- Mephistopheles. No. Like, the things they had to remain faithful dude. to. I noticed that, yeah, I didn't think about the blacks in my head to my ta- from my head to my tail. But um, the, the red cat, it's Idris Elba. And his fur matches his face. He is decidedly not a red cat it would have taken um less than zero effort to change that one lyric oh so funny so okay i I, before we uh stop talking about the taylor swift thing i have like a little a little factoid about that um she was i guess before they filmed describing the scene and her dad i guess is like always kind of involved in her projects and he was like in the room with her and Tom Hooper when they were discussing that, like, uh, that musical number. And her dad suggested, oh, what if everybody was going crazy with catnip? And Tom Hooper was like, what's catnip? (laughs) Wait, come again? So the entire scene... The director of Cats was unaware of the existence of catnip, and then that whole catnip scene was put in at the behest of... Taylor Swift's fucking dad? Because yep. <laughs> that is where we're at with Cats the movie. It's... Right, the catnip is meaningless to the plot of the movie. But She's, it is it's also... It's just a bunch of drugged out it's cats. It's also the main part of that whole scene. It's, it's, it's central to the song. It's the only thing happening. Besides her, like, singing Macavity, Macavity, she's on like wires and she's above all of the other cats sprinkling catnip and they're all writhing around on the ground and they're like having a it's like a pre-orgy scene pretty much mm-hmm. everybody's yeah it's very horny they're it's very horny they're all on cat drugs that entire scene would have been nothing if there hadn't been like the catnip element and all of that happened because taylor swift's dad happened to be in the room and and the first thing he thought of was like well cats like catnip and like all right we've got our Pivotal scene in the movie. Uh, So this movie does a couple of things that I didn't realize were possible. One was make breakdancing look bad. Uh, (laughs) There are the two uh, cats with mohawks, not a thing, uh, and they breakdance. And I've never thought that breakdancing could look awkward or unpleasant. I love breakdancing, except if you CGI over it. Uh, with a bu- with human beings in furry cat suits and like make their actions through no fault of their own enter the uncanny valley, it makes it look really bad. Yeah, it looks so bad. It looked terrible. The, Why did they have to edit it so much? The other thing is, I never thought that I would find Idris Elba cringy and annoying. <laughs> And I never thought that I'd be angry that somebody took off Idris Elba's clothes. Oh, my but God. But I was. Oh, my God. I was. The, this movie doesn't understand a lot of things about itself and about how people are going to experience it. And among those are that when you dress something in clothes, when you take off those clothes, they will seem fully human naked. Yeah. And Idris Elba's wearing, like, a big trench coat and a hat for most of the movie. And then suddenly he's naked, and he seems like a naked human man covered in fur. Oh, my God. He's definitely a naked human man. Okay, so things that other cats have going for them that make them look less naked. 
maybe their fur is like a slightly different color than their natural skin tone. It's not maybe mm-hmm. clinging to their body and skin tight in some cases, like Judy Dench, or it's like fluffy, or there's some kind of other. Also, he's wearing clothes. So he's basically got tight, short fur that completely matches his skin tone. And he's just like this muscular dude. He's just a dude being a naked dude who happens to be in some scenes wearing a fur, fur like pimp coat. And then in some scenes, not. And when he's not, you're just like, I am looking at a naked, muscular Idris Idris Elba with a pair of contacts on. And I hate it. Yeah, right. To be clear, I would gladly look at naked Idris Elba. In a different context? Absolutely. For for hours at a time. He's a beautiful man. Uh, But come on. We're in cats. Yeah, there's somehow wrapping him in cat foil really ruins it. Oh, it really changes the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Kind of everything about the cat clothes super duper doesn't work. Uh, oh, are we going to really, talk about Rebel Wilson peeling yes, off? A- really culminating in Rebel Wilson unzipping herself. Yeah. Uh, it's, this whole movie is the stuff of nightmares. Yes. And that's like fucking Inception nightmare within a nightmare within a nightmare. She's she's wrapped in chains, yes. and then the way that she gets out of it is that she simply unzips her body and is wearing other clothes underneath her body. She's wearing, like, a jumper underneath her cat suit body. Ugh. The thing is, in, like, a different kind of movie, that could be a funny joke if it was pure cartoon, but it's mm-hmm. not pure cartoon. You're mostly no. looking at just human people with cat-like features and tails, but you're definitely looking at that human actor unzipping their flesh. <laughs> their, their decision to make everything humanoid in this is also totally unacceptable. Because they're So they make not just the cats humanoid, but they make the mice humanoid and they make cockroaches humanoid. And that could be fine until they start eating the human cockroaches. Yeah. And then it's just a person eating another person. It's upsetting. And that's never fun. No. That's always bad. Who thought this was going to be okay? I don't know. And why give all of those tiny little creatures human features? Like, give the cockroach a cockroach face. Give the mouse a mouse face. No one's like looking to recognize a famous celebrity dressed up as a mouse. Just make it a ratatouille mouse. What right. is stopping you, Tom Hooper, you fucking psychopath? It is absolutely psychotic. Who didn't know what uh, catnip was. Just need to mention that again. Made this movie <laughs> so weird. not aware of the existence of catnip. <laughs> so weird. Uh, Wait, oh, hang on. Before we stop talking about other creatures, there is a moment when Mungo Jerry and the other one, which is Rumple Teaser, correct, uh, are in a house that doesn't belong to them, and they're causing mischief, and then there is a dog at the door. Mm-hmm. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted the door to open so badly because in my mind, I was like, dog in a human "We're going right? to find out what a humanoid dog looks like. This is going to maybe be like a Wilfred situation where it's just like a mm-hmm. guy standing there, or is it? I don't know, and I need to know, and now I'll never know." Oh, God. Maybe on the cutting room uh, floor somewhere. 
I hope so. Uh, so, I mean, we've been talking highlights and lowlights this whole time, but uh, what do you have lowlights that we haven't touched on yet? Oh, let's see. Well, I mean, straight off the bat, uh, before the movie has even started, the music as... The MIDI file? Huh? <laughs> the, yeah, the fucking overture's a MIDI file. It's like a synthesizer circus nightmare. And it yeah. really sets the tone. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, man. Um, that... That would be a low light. Uh, the skin peel is a low light that we just went over. Um, I hated the puns. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Oh, we're, quick highlight. Uh, one of my favorite things is when everyone, all of the cats are in the milk bar and Jason Derulo's doing his Jason Derulo thing. Mm-hmm. I guess low light is that he doesn't say his own name in his song, which is pretty <laughs> Right. Which <laughs> is necessary. Yeah. Uh, he does say his cat name in the does. song many it's, times. It's a little nod. Um, but there, but he runs around, runs outside into the London streets, and just looks up at the sky and yells, Milk! I was <laughs> 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 like, yeah, Jason Derulo, you're in a cat suit yelling milk. Yep. The so that that scene included one of my truest lowest lowlights. So when they get into the milk bar, and he turns the milk faucet on, and the cats like throw themselves underneath it for this like stream of white fluid to just cascade over their faces, Horrible. and it's truly pornographic. So and it's pornographic. absolutely despicable. Uh, it's like that, and then when Rebel Wilson is singing into her tail and it has a true self-filating quality. Like, there are moments where this movie is... I don't yeah. know if it's intentionally signaling to the furry community to masturbate to it, <laughs> or if it's just accidentally signaling to the furry community to masturbate to it, but it's it's a 100% part of it. And from beginning to end, I loathe it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I would say... What what is your take on uh, the three different names that cats have? Can you tell me what they are? Because they bring it up, it has its own song, and then the end of the movie, the dramatic action has stopped, and the story has resolved itself, but there's this epilogue that they feel the need to include, where it's just Judy Dench, surrounded by the other Jellicle cats that did not die, explaining to you how to talk to a cat and a cat's three names. Mm-hmm. Right. It begins and ends with that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the names is the name that they're like people give them. Yeah. Right. And then the other name, there's a third name that's like their special secret cat name. Yeah. And then there's a, a middle name that I don't remember absolutely anything about. I don't know what the lyrics are to any of these songs. They might as well be singing in Swedish. I can't follow it. There's no narrative to it. It's just random nonsense words uh, over and over again, sometimes rhyming, often not. Oh, man, but Mr. Mistopheles has a pretty good song. Does he? I don't know. I can tell you this. I watched it the other night, and then I had it stuck in my head for about 24 hours after. So Mr. Mistopheles is... It's... It's a it's a banger. I 
so far, I hope this stays the case, blissfully, I can't remember any of these songs, except for Memories, which I just know from beforehand. Yeah. Like, that's a song that people kind of know, that's right? That's sort of famous. I actually didn't know it was from this movie until I Me watched neither. this movie. Yeah, yeah, or from this play. Yeah, what are, how do you feel about Jennifer Hudson? She's, uh, she's a truly great singer. I don't know what her character is in this movie. I don't understand the stakes. I don't know why we're supposed to care about it. But she's she's a marvelous singer. Uh, she can belt like a motherfucker, and I, I respect it. But again, uh, we're supposed to, like, sh- of all this movie, we're supposed to care about her the most, right? Like, yes. she is the emotional heart of the movie. Yeah. And I, I don't know who or what she's supposed to be except for a cat that desperately wants to die. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's the glamour puss, and she's like the she's like a famous actress gone to tatters. Like a, she's been shamed. I guess her whole thing is that she maybe like associated or cut a deal with McCavity and was like cast out by the other Jellicle cats. This is going on watch three, but I figured this out. <laughs> but like it speaks to her talent as a singer that no matter how dumb this movie is or how disengaged I am or confused and baffled by the story, Jennifer Hudson singing Memories was still like, it was an emotional ride. I was sitting there captivated like, I don't know why I care, but I care so much for like two and a half minutes. Yeah, there there are a couple moments where I'm almost in it. And then they'll like come and rub their faces on each other, and then I'm out of it again yeah. because it's it's obviously human beings rubbing their faces on each other, and that's not an appropriate thing for human beings <laughs> it's to do. Never okay. <laughs> never okay. Uh, the the whole language around the jellical choice, which is what Judy Dench is like doing, right? When yeah. she's choosing which cat she's going to kill, yeah. she <laughs> she's talking about the jellical choice and. At one point, Idris Elba kidnaps her, takes her to the boat, and she looks into him very serious and goes, you'll never be my jellical choice. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. It's not supposed to be a laugh line, I'm sure. It seems like it's supposed to be a point of like high tension and like uh. emotionally wrought. And uh, it's one of the most doo-doo nonsense things I've heard in a movie. And we just watched Sgt. Pepper. Uh, this... <laughs> Oh my god. Well yeah, yeah, and the the way that they basic the way that she murders a cat at the end of this <laughs> when it's all said and done. I'm trying to imagine and we're going to have to ask Kaylee or someone else that has seen the stage production what this looks like as a musical on stage because I can imagine that it would look very like kind of be- beautiful. Like kind of work. Yeah, yeah, like it's just this momentous mo- like moment where uh, the jellical choice is made, and then that cat just sort of like in some kind of basket or something on wires, like ascends and then is mm-hmm. out of like is out of this world. In the movie, they just place Jennifer Hudson into a hot air balloon and send her <laughs> up into the sky to fucking die. And you watch it happen for so long. You watch the balloon fade away and you know she's dying and you know she has to die because she's going up into a hot air balloon with mm-hmm. nowhere to come down from and that mm-hmm. is uh, almost the end of the movie, right before you find out how to talk to a cat and a cat's three names. Yeah. Judy Dench breaking the fourth wall. I wasn't ready for Judy Dench to break the fourth wall. I wasn't uh, either. If, if somebody had to do it, I'm, I'm glad 
that it was her because I'll, you know, I'd watch her read the phone book, but nah. I mean, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. It's just her sitting there explaining to you that a cat is not a dog. There are Mm -hmm. three names. And that if you care to offer a cat caviar, that's within your realm of choice. Have a nice time, folks. I hope you enjoyed the movie. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. One thing I will say, um, there was some negative feedback from all kinds of people associated with this movie once they saw this movie. And... Judy Dench didn't know what she was going to look like until afterwards, as I would mm. I would assume that was the case for all of the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like the matriarch. She's this regal figure in the context of this movie. And then her, she saw what she looked like, and she was like, "I'm I'm a mangy cat." <laughs> also, her character is wearing a fur coat, and she said, "Quote." It's like five foxes fucking on my back. <laughs> so let it be known that Dame Judy Dench is dope, and she absolutely knows what this movie is, and she witnessed some minor pangs of horror. She experienced minor pangs of horror, as did we all, when she got the first cut. Yep, that's, uh, that's very good. Uh, do, do we want plot keywords? Mm-hmm. For this film. Oh, this is one of my favorite new things. Please hit mm-hmm. me. Elderly people. <laughs> is that the first one? Uh-huh. Three out of three found this relevant. Oh, my goodness. Uncanny, Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Yes. Uh, animal in title. <laughs> Wait, what? Animal? Animal in title. <laughs> uh, when you're just trying to... Yep. Yep. Communicating through song. Arguable. Oh. Uh, title sung by character <laughs> wait no was it i guess they just yeah jellical they cats. Say cats, cats over and over yeah, again yeah they do say cats a lot uh woke hollywood i want to talk about that wait wait a second <laughs> Ret- retroactively woke because they experienced this movie and responded to it there is there is nothing less woke than this fucking fever dream nightmare of a movie. Uh, what I'm trying to figure out, like, what would be woke about this movie, except that it has people of color in it. Is that how it's woke? I I mean, these are user generated, right? I, so like, I am just guessing. Yeah, these these might this might just be a racist on IMDb. Yeah, but uh, it's it is vexing. <laughs> uh, so there's a anthropomorphic cat plot keyword uh, that then takes you to a bunch of other movies with anthropomorphic cats, if you're curious. Oh. Uh, uh, they're sort of the ones you would expect. Puss in Boots, the uh, Cat in the Hat. Okay. Uh, She-Ra. You know, you're, Acceptable you're standard. Films. You're standard, yeah. So apparently this was supposed to be an animated movie before Tom Hooper signed on. <sighs> and an animated movie would have worked yeah. just fine. Totally fine, because then you're just experiencing the songs that you know and love, uh, minus the dancing, but with cat CGI, like, it's a family rump. It would just have to be desexualized quite a bit, and then you're yes. off to the races. Yes. Uh, it's... So I do have a uh, an admission to make. 
I didn't hate this movie. I didn't hate this movie. It's it's not good. It's not a movie. I mean, uh, it's definitely not a movie. There's nothing there's nothing movie about it. And it's 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 a bad movie. But grading on a curve for the movies that we have seen, I this has to be one of the least objectionable. It's somehow. It's, if there's a bell curve, it's right there in the middle because it's really like it's palatable. I think part of the reason that it is is that everyone who watches this is so prepared to hate it that you might come away pleasantly surprised. I think I actually did come away pleasantly surprised. Like, there there were very few moments, almost all including Rebel Wilson, uh, that I truly loathed the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Which is, which is my experience of most movies that we watch here where there's something, like, genuinely despicable about it. And... The Rebel Wilson segments are all genuinely despicable. but And the treatment of Ian McKellen. Uh, yeah. Unconscionable. But the Taylor Swift segment, the Jennifer I, Hudson segments. Like, I, yeah, fucking Skimble Shanks, man. He, he's yeah. the railway cat. Well, no. He keeps things uh, in order. <laughs> he's patrolling even, the cars. Even the, the, like, the Jellicle ball... Most of it's like all of the solo dances are bad, but there are moments yeah. where it's like the the chorus dances together in the very beginning. Where I was like, oh yeah, I could get into this, uh, and I hated the dancing in the movie, but something about that really got me. Uh, it's not, it's not in the like top five worst movies we've watched. We would uh, be remiss to not um, mention the butthole cut. I'm I assume you know what I'm talking about. Uh, no? I do not. Okay. No. Uh, there was a, there was a leak from someone who worked in the visual effects department on this movie that divulged on Twitter several months ago that there was a cut of this movie where all of the cats had little kitty cat buttholes and that that was subsequently CGI'd right out. And I took that to be mythology and wonderful mythology, mythology that I wanted to be true. But I I thought it was a straight up lie until I checked Twitter today and there was a screen grab of multiple kitty cat buttholes that they forgot to edit out that a wonderful watcher found. And I will text them to you. Yes. Yes, please. Someone found them. Someone found them. She said they missed a couple and like they're there. They're there and they're very, they're decidedly there. So knowing that going into this watch, because as we, as I've told you, I have seen this movie three times going into this watch. I tried to imagine what a lot of the scenes would have looked like had they not made that other choice and had stuck with their original choice. I mean, Uh that was it. That existed for a while. That's all I'm saying. That there were many adults in charge of nearly a hundred million dollars that decided that that was fine. That that was fine, and that that was preferred, and that they needed to spend extra time and money uh, digitally. Right, that was somebody's job. Hundreds of buttholes. That was that was a that was a human being's job. Yes, it was. It was many. It was a team's job. Yeah. They had many, a few people on it. <sighs> and I just released the butthole uh, cut for one. Also, two, so happy that I found a 
hard concrete evidence that that was not just a Twitter myth because good God. Yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm excited to see it, but I will say that I need, I do need to see it. It it bears witnessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess without, before we wrap (sighs) things up, I should mention um, that this was not as much of a, a failure as I originally thought it was a $95 million budget. Uh, originally when this first got released domestically, it was a $27 million box office flop. So colossal mm-hmm. failure near lost over $70 million, but at, thanks to international release. And I assume, um, them charging 1999 to own it, never rent it. They have gained back some of their losses, and they made a cool seventy-five mil on this bad boy. So, which is still losing twenty million dollars. Still losing twenty million dollars, but it's not losing seventy. That's true. Mother of God. And you know what? My feeling is Tom Hooper will probably suffer no consequences, which is absolutely unfair. There are people who have been ruined for so much less. Uh, I. I don't know. I don't it know, man. It shouldn't be allowed. It's definitely going to be the last musical anyone ever hires him to make. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're you're probably right. I gotta ask. Oh, this is the last thing that he's directed. It is the he's last thing. He's not signed thing. up for anything else. Nothing, <laughs> nothing new on the docket for 2020. And we can blame it on COVID or we can blame it on cats. Probably so, a bit of both. Probably a bit of both. Henry, if... If you were to be a jellicle cat, who's who's your jellicle? What jellicle cat are you? Oh god, I didn't even think about this. Uh, if if we're being honest, probably Mr. Mistopheles, even though I hate him. I love uh, him. Uh, we're no. not on the same page at all. Our jellical no. choices are exact inverses of each other. Yeah, he'll never be my jellical choice. <laughs> uh, but like Mungo Jerry or Rumple Teaser, I I felt affinity for. Okay. What okay. about you? Uh, I'm a, I'm the railway cat all the way. Of course. Of course yeah. I am. But um, I mean, he's got a little mustachio. He won my heart. He does have a little mustache. That's true. But uh, yeah, I would say pulling in second. I, I'm not going to say no to being whatever cat James Corden plays. <laughs> I like his, I like the cut of his jib. And, oh, we haven't addressed one important thing. I'm going to just skim right over it before we end the podcast. The, the number one drinking game rule and the main thing I wanted to talk about and totally forgot because I blacked out is sizes of things. Why oh, are yeah. things... Wildly different sizes, shot to <laughs> shot and scene to scene. Right. They're, they're supposed to be tiny cats, but they're holding chicken legs like they're just chicken legs. And then sometimes they're holding chicken legs like it's um, like a, a giant prop. Like like it's a Flintstones brontosaurus burger. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes in proportion to their body, it's the size of their own femur. Sometimes in proportion to their body, it's the size of their own thumb, which is a human thumb. Right. It's the, nobody's paying attention to anything in the creation of this movie, and yet they spent so much time making the most distracting shit. Oh, I mean, obviously we're trying to end this podcast, but I have to talk about the tales and how the tales yes. completely yes. take you out yes. of everything that's happening. There are moments where Jennifer, where you're supposed to feel really bad for Jennifer Hudson for some reason. I still don't understand, but 
Her tail is just flicking behind her like fucking a kid doing bunny ears in school pictures. Like, it is so distracting. And that was also somebody's job to make the distracting tail. Oh, absolutely. The tails, there's so much tail work going on. Heavy tail work. I can't imagine, as I was watching it this last time, I was trying to imagine, like, is this movie markedly worse because of the tails? Or what would it look like without them? And it's a horror show either way, because imagining right. all of those people in a film just writhing around on stage with nothing to distract you from their human body slightly <laughs> hovering above the ground and then just like lifting its own leg above its head. Like what you you got to have some other action. I think it's like I think they decided that the audience was like a group of cats. And you need a lot of random action over here, and you need a lot of mm-hmm. random action over there. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need a sound, and sometimes you need a song, and the song doesn't have to make sense or even have discernible words in it. But it's just got to be constantly holding your attention. That that feels right. Yeah. But the James Corden scene was what made me think of the what size is that rule, because they're in mm-hmm. a dumpster just mucking around in the trash, and sometimes there's like a full like Thanksgiving turkey and sometimes there's a tiny little chicken wing that looks like it belongs to a hummingbird. And I have to imagine that the props department was just like, I can't wait to fuck with these people. <laughs> I'm going to get mine. I enjoyed it. It made me happy. Skimbleshanks the railway cat is on a railway and he appears to be the size of a cricket dancing around on a railway built for a giant. So mm-hmm. you just, yeah, you know. the, the scaling makes absolutely no sense. It, it ebbs and flows. It's magical, it magical land. Uh, well, we've all learned a lot, I think about, mm-hmm. about hot air balloons. Stay away from and those. We learned about two out of three cat names. Yeah. Not sure what that middle one is. Nope, I never will. Yeah. Well, Michelle, this, I'm not going to say this was a movie, but it wasn't the worst use of time. It's, it's almost worth a person watching. I, I won't recommend it in the same way that I'll recommend, like hate recommend like Sergeant Pepper, where I just want other people to experience it because it's so inexplicable. But, you know, it's, it's all right. Would would you ever do what I did and try to con your con your friend into watching it just so that you can pick their brain about what that experience was like for them? <laughs> There's a chance I would do that. Because uh, I'm, I'm sitting over here just enjoying enjoying the. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. I. I I'm happy with my choices. I'll say that. I'm, I'm very I'm pleased glad. with myself. I'm very pleased with Tom Hooper and Idris Elba and Dame Judi Dench and everyone else who was associated with this um, this beautiful I just, work of art. I just feel bad for all of them. Like, yeah. they're, they're just so disrespected by the movie. They're going to be fine. I don't really feel bad for Rebel Wilson. No, 
No, no pity for Rebel Wilson. She just she allowed herself to say those things. I, I I feel like I'm harping a little too much on her, but I don't feel bad for her. No, her character is a war crime. Her performance is a war crime. It's quite it's, bad. There's I I don't know what because the the treatment of Ian McKellen really bothers me because it's so undignified for such a dignified person. That's where and I'm at Rebel with Wilson's, him and Dame Judy Dench. It's just it's true. It's true. You have, and Rebel Wilson yeah. is objectively made to do worse things, yeah. but it sort of feels like she minds it less. Exactly. <laughs> and that bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's game. And I appreciate that that's her attitude going into all of her projects, but... Yeah, oh, it works most of the time. If Would you be in this movie? If someone, if you could retroactively like be offered a part and actual human money to be in this movie, would you do it? Oh, in a in a heartbeat. Uh, would, it seems like it'd be a lot of work. I would I would sacrifice many important things in my life to be in this movie because <laughs> it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen, and I don't <laughs> think it will ever be made again. Nothing quite no. quite like this. I think it's going to really reframe how people approach uh a test audiences when it involves mm-hmm. visual effects and the uncanny valley and be just movie movie making in general so yeah. yeah no this one this this burned fast and hot like a comet like this is never coming back <laughs> uh, yeah so happy it's out there uh, I, I 100% recommend that anyone listening to this podcast at least go check out, you know, a few of the songs if you're not going to delve right into the whole thing. But go get a slice. Go get yourself a few tasty slices of what we just experienced because it's, uh, it's unspeakable, but it, the Taylor it bears Swift, witnessing. McCavity the Mystery Cat is a genuine club banger, and I, will lis- I would listen to that just sitting alone in my house. Yeah. Uh, I can't recommend really any of the other songs. But that one, that one works. That one slaps. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Mr. Mistopheles Skimbleshanks fan, so there's a few in there, you know, depending on, on who you are and how much you like watching people tap dance in place. There are d- different flavors. <laughs> different flavors. All right. Well. Well, until next time. <laughs> meow. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. Meow. Bye for meow. Oh, God. Uh, until then, uh, experiment and fast forward to the future back to Ham Henry. Yeah. You know.